this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampath the rbi has issued a new circular on how banks should go about resetting interest rates on floating rate loans now we all know that interest rates have been rising throughout this year and customers haven't been too happy with the way banks impose changes on their loans whether it is about emis going up or tenure going up or whatever but now the new rbi guidelines promise to increase transparency and clarity for one borrowers will now have the option to shift from a floating interest rate to a fixed rate of interest if they so want and secondly they can also choose whether they want to raise the emi or extend the loan's tenure or do a combination of both these options when an interest rate hike is announced so what has prompted the reserve bank of india to come up with these new rules and how will they benefit borrowers and will these enable a more equitable sharing of information between lenders and borrowers so that they can take an informed decision we explore all these questions in this episode of in focus and we have with us joydeep sen who writes the money wise personal finance column for the hindu joydeep thank you so much for joining us thank you sampath uh, thank you for the invitation so joydeep uh, to start with i was wondering if you can just share your thoughts on what prompted the rbi to come up with this new circular i mean the title of the circular is reset of floating interest rate on equated monthly installments based personal loans you know what is what do you think was the trigger for this sure so as you said that customers were not uh, too happy so how it works is ki any regulator be it the rbi or be it sebi or be it regulator they uh, come up with regulations as and when as and when meaning uh something happens some event takes place takes place in the market in the industry and only when that event happens the regulator comes to know that such a regulation such a change is required and then they come up with the requisite uh, regulation a similar thing happened in this case also the reset of uh, floating rate uh, emis so uh, just to give you the background any change for example change from fixed to floating floating to fixed or let us say you get uh, some cash flows and you want to prepay a uh, part of your loan all these were always an option with the people with the customer however uh, not everybody was consciously aware that you know these are available to him or her and uh, the way uh, certain banks or nbfcs were behaving like you said uh, customers were not happy rbi also was uh, not happy so the issue was unilateral decisions in the sense in the absence of a clear cut guideline that any change has to be in consultation with the uh, customer any change has to be clearly communicated and uh, all those things in many a cases many a times banks or nbfcs were taking a unilateral decision on their own and they were simply communicating and in that case the customer is not consciously aware that he also has a say in the entire decision decision means change from fixed to floating floated to fixed uh, prepayment of the loan or elongation of tenure or whatever all these uh, changes so now with uh, this guy so rbi thought that uh, in this background that lack of clarity lack of uh, transparency uh, not no bilateral decisions so there should be a guideline how banks or nbfcs uh, should behave in this kind of uh, situation 
and uh, that prompted the RBI to uh, come come up with this uh, circular. Now that was the answer to your question. Just to add a bit, I mean not exactly about your question, just to give the background. In 2020, if you recall, there was a RBI circular on moratorium. Moratorium means for those period of uh, six months. Yeah, this is for the COVID uh, COVID related uh, distress, right? Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yes, COVID related distress. So during that period, RBI came up that for those six months, there was a moratorium on uh, EMI payments. Now, people who do not know, people would have thought that for those period of uh, six months, your loan is kind of being excused, which is not the case. It is just that if you do not pay for that period of six months, you will not be called a defaulter. That's all. It is like you know, if you are in extreme distress in COVID and all that, you know, have money and all that. Okay, okay, you don't pay for these uh, six months. But the point is, which was missed out, is that when you don't pay for three months or six months. It is not that your loan is being excused; rather, you end up paying more because for those six months, what you would have paid that keeps on adding, and there is compounding of interest. And with compounding of interest, you actually end up paying much more. So, as to give a simple example, if you are not paying your EMI for six months, the equivalent EMIs which you would end up paying eventually would be much more than six, and you end up paying much more. This was not communicated by banks to their customers. That is one, whatever you call it, fallacy or whatever. And the other thing is that many banks took a unilateral decision in the sense they just send a mail or something that so and so is the last date. If you do not respond by the last date, you are opting in for that morat. Now, even though COVID period distress times and all that, it is not everybody who were in distress. There were people who had money. There were people who could pay the EMIs. Now, if somebody is busy or not uh, checking their mails or something, they were forcefully opted in in the sense uh, as if they have given their consent uh, for that morat, which means he or she is not paying the EMI for those three months or six months, and eventually they ended up paying much more. So these practices were, you know, not in whatever good taste. Right. So these were really sharp practices, and you are saying that you know versions of these kind of sharp practices were continuing where. Suppose a bank would increase its uh, floating rate, they would unilaterally decide, okay, let's extend this guy's tenure or let's extend uh, raise this guy's EMI without consulting the customer. Now uh, they cannot get away with these kinds of uh, uh, practices. Is what uh, this circular is about, right? And and I think you put your finger on the main issue when you said the core uh, problem was unilateral decision making by the banks. Now I think uh, I think the, this circular has given December thirty first. As the last date, am I right for getting these new things in place? And uh, from then onwards, I think uh, banks will have to follow these guidelines. Now, coming to the two changes, uh, Joydeep, which the circular talks about. One is the freedom to shift from a floating to a fixed rate, and the other is freedom to opt for either a higher EMI or a longer tenure or a combo of both. Now, how do they work at a practical level? Do these uh, do the RBI circular norms or guidelines apply to only personal loans, or do they apply to personal loans, home loans, car loans, any loan which is on a floating rate basis? Sure. So, what, on what you said, now, uh, two three things. One is what you refer to as uh, sharp practices. The example I gave of 2020 was kind of extreme. It does not happen uh, every day, but yes, in 2020 it was a sharp uh, practice, and yes. The applicable date is thirty-first uh, of uh, December this year. Now, coming to your uh, question, now this kind of unilateral decisions, it is not that the bank will take a decision every day. It's like uh, one fine morning, one bank officer wakes up and takes a decision. 
when it happens is when the rate of interest goes up so you would recall uh, in uh, sometime earlier maybe say two years earlier there were those uh, commercials screaming housing loan at 6.5% you would recall those commercials on tv and newspaper and all that now going by our standards uh, home loan at 6.5% is much on the lower side now how did that happen the rbi eased uh, interest rates in the response to covid and lockdown and uh, slowdown the rbi reported was as low as 4% so uh, home loan rate also came down and accordingly uh, we had home loan at 6.5% but the point is this 6.5% is floating rate not fixed rate so as and when interest rates went up rbi hike rbi hike reported from 4% to 6.5% so obviously floating rate loans uh, went up and when this thing happens in the sense the interest rate goes up what does the bank do or what does the customer do what are the possibilities one use one is you pay a higher emi one is if you do not have money to uh, elongate the tenure you pay more emis of uh, same quantum or a combination of both in the sense you increase your emi to an extent and elongate the tenure to an uh, extent and the other part of your question yes it is all kinds of loans uh, any floating rate be it personal loan be it home loan be it uh, any loan it is for all this thing but the higher relevance is for home loans because of the sheer quantum because personal loan like people will take personal loan of say 1 lakh 2 lakh and lakh whatever car loan is like you get a car for like whatever 5 lakh 10 lakhs but home loan uh, the quantum is like 50 lakhs 1 crore or something so there the impact is more but yes uh, this applies to all uh, floating rate uh, loans so how does it work uh, whenever the interest rate goes up as an example what was 6.5% at that point of time at the lowest now it is say 8.75 or let's say 9 for the sake of simplicity 6.5 is now 9% so obviously what you pay emis goes up significantly and if you don't have the money you offer a elongation of tenure or a combination of the two that is higher emi and a longer uh, tenure right so uh, the rbi circular also says that uh, when the banks are extending the tenure they should ensure that the extension of the tenure uh, should not lead to negative amortization and that's something to be avoided so uh, what is meant by negative amortization here can you please explain this for the benefit of our lay readers yeah yeah sure so this is uh, slightly uh, technical so let any home loan uh, the emi you pay has two components one is the interest and one is the principal and how the industry works how it is structured is that in your emis in the initial period you you pay more of interest and later part you pay more of uh, principal now negative amortization the concept means the amount you pay the emi you pay is less than the interest for some reason if that happens and in that case what is happening is psychologically you are thinking ki even to a lesser extent i am paying the emi so it may take a longer time but at some point of time i will repay the loan but what is happening here is you are not even covering the interest component so the loan becomes kind of infinity in the sense you will never be able to repay the loan let me give an example let us say i have taken a personal loan floating rate personal loan of say 3 lakh rupees and the emi is at rupees 4300 as an example of which 3000 rupees is interest and 1300 is principal so what happens to start with uh, day zero your principal component of selling is 3 lakh rupees you pay the first emi 3000 rupees gone for interest 1300 is your principal repayment so outstanding principal becomes rupees 3 lakh minus rupees 1300 now if it so happens you say ki i don't have money i have lost my job or whatever the lost losses in business or whatever you uh, visit the bank or nbfc and say i have money to pay only rupees 2000 worth of emis i cannot pay 4300 and let's say for the sake of discussion 
the bank called NBFC agrees. So what is happening here is you are paying an EMI of rupees 2000, but the interest is rupees 3000. So you are paying 1000 rupees short interest. Now since you are paying short, that 1000 rupees will be added to the principal. So in this case, in the previous case, your outstanding principal was rupees 3 lakh minus rupees 1300. In this case, the outstanding principal does not come down. It rather becomes rupees 3 lakh plus rupees 1000, 1000 of that uh, whatever unpaid uh, interest. So what is happening here is the principal is going up and up and up. Outstanding quantum is going up and you are never really repaying the loan, even though psychologically you uh, keep on paying some interest, some EMI. And you are thinking, okay, it may take a longer time, and some point of time I will end up eventually uh, pay my uh, loan. So it becomes an infinity. Right. So how how does uh, any bank or any borrower even agree to something like this? It makes no sense. I mean, why would you go on uh, uh, paying uh, paying EMI when it's very clear that you will never pay the loan even if you live for ten thousand years? I mean, how does it make? Why would a bank agree to this in the first place? Is it like a prevalent uh, thing issue? So that's a good question as, as to why should a bank agree to uh, this thing. So to my mind, to my knowledge, it has not happened so far. So why would the RBI come up with this? So two, three things here. One is key in India. I have not heard of this kind of thing, negative uh, amortization. What I've heard of is key in countries that are used to low interest rates and where the interest rate is going up significantly. As an example, Canada. So what I've heard of is that saying, Canada, there is a person who is like, whatever, let's say 40 year old, and he or she has taken a home loan. And whatever interest rate they are used to, and whatever economic conditions uh, they have, and interest rate hikes significant and all that. Now, the uh, loan tenure becomes as long as 70 years. Now, think of it. A person who is 40 year old had taken a home loan, which is like, whatever, I don't know, 15, 20 years or something, repayable in 15, 20 years. When that tenure becomes 70 years, Practically, it will not be repaid because whatever his or her lifespan is or working life is and all those things. So those kind of things are happening. So maybe that is what prompted the RBI to lay it down in so, in so many words, in black and white terms, that any bank or NBFC in India uh, should take care of uh, this thing so that it uh, does not happen. So even if, so hypothetically, or to discuss what since you asked, you know, why one should do it as an example, if somebody comes to the bank or NBC saying, yeah, I was working, I lost my job, I will get the next job in three months or six months. And then I will increase uh, my AMI and pay back whatever backlog is there and that kind of thing. And hypothetically, if the bank or NBC agrees, now that it is laid down in uh, so many words, now the bank will not be able to do this thing. If the bank does not agree, what should the bank do in such a situation? Do they declare that person as an NPA or something? Like, whatever happens. Huh. So as an example, in the earlier example I gave, rupees 4,300 is the um, EMI, rupees 3,000 is the interest, and 1,300 is the principal component. The bank will say that minimum rupees 3,000 is the EMI. You cannot pay less than that. And if the person says, I don't have the money to pay even rupees 3,000, so whatever the uh, norms for the bank are. So in banking industry, they follow a thing called SMA 0, 1, 2, 3. So SMA means special mention account, which means, you know, money which is due is not paid. So they have uh, time periods defined, like one month, three months, six months, all that. So it goes on from SMA 0, 1, 2, 3. So kind of NPA. And beyond that one, it becomes so NPA. So whatever the rules, regulations, norms are, that will be followed, say, after some, whatever. If one or three or six installments become due, then that becomes NPA and legal action and all those things will happen. 
right right this is i guess a much cleaner uh, system even though not uh, very pleasant to start with for the borrowers uh, and for the bankers both now coming to uh, one of the points we discussed earlier about this uh, conversion from fixed rate to floating and floating to fixed jodeep so it's it's really wonderful that borrowers now have the choice to opt for a fixed rate loan uh, when there is a reset of interest rate reset typically meaning interest rate going up but let's be frank here realistically speaking is there ever a situation where the gap between the fixed rate of a bank and the floating rate is narrow enough for a customer to actually go for a fixed rate because usually you find that the floating rate is some 6 7% and the fixed rate is 10% you know nobody in their right mind will go for a such a big uh, gap where the fixed rate is so much higher so what is the benefit or the upside of this choice being given to the customer will this choice ever be used do you think so this also is a, a good question so in the current context yes what you said is 100% uh, correct so like the example we discussed uh, earlier we had home loan at say 6.5% that has now become say whatever 8.75 or 9% even today the same bank or npc if they are offering a fixed rate on at say um, 11% as an example the uh, gap is huge so nobody will change from 9% to 11% because even if floating rate goes up in case you go for the fixed rate use from day one you start paying 1% or 2% higher so nobody will uh, do that so then why would rbi come up with this kind of thing so if i recall long back maybe say 15 20 years ago the differential was not as much the differential between a bank's fixed rate and floating rate like whatever 0.5% or 1% or that sort of thing so if we in future if we ever go to that sort of situation then one can uh, take a call in the sense ki floating uh, rate may go up if i am taking fixed it is uh, fixed so i'm i know for sure how much i'll pay and all those things so if in future if we come to a situation where the differential is like 0.5 or 1% then it is worth a call the other thing here is we any regulator rbi sebi or any regulator when they frame regulations they would not do it keeping in mind the market situation their perspective is different that market can change so more from a macro perspective overall perspective that this situation may happen that situation may happen they pass regulation circulars from that perspective so if maybe i don't know 10 20 30 years later if this kind of situation happens other rates are comparable that is what prompted the rbi to come up with uh, this thing right but but is there any reason why would if whatever be the market situation or whatever why would any bank offer a fixed rate that is very close to its floating rate when they want a big spread in any case right they want a big spread so spreads so how spreads work is uh, so when rbi mandated sometime i think 2019 if i recall correctly that uh, all floating rate loans should be benchmarked against an external benchmark external means on, on which the bank does not have a control so bank give uh, sorry sorry rbi gave three options of external benchmarks one is rbi reported uh, rbi 3 uh, month uh, t bill and i think rbi 6 month t bill something of this thing uh, this uh, t bill was given so the bank cannot control this thing now on the margin what the uh, rbi said is when you are giving the loan on one hand you are saying it's a floating rate if a benchmark is say rbi repo rate your margin is so much so rbi repo rate plus whatever percentage 1% 2% 3% you cannot change the margin arbitrarily as in if you give a loan at say uh, rbi repo rate plus 2% it should remain 
that RBI repo rate plus 2% unless there is a drastic change in the situation or about the customer or something of that sort. So margin kind of remains uh, same. Now to answer your question that uh, why would, because bank, bank always wants a bigger uh, margin. So it all depends on the interest rate uh, cycles. So nowadays, if you look at globally, what's happening globally, cycles have become shorter. We are, we are having so many events. We are having global tensions, geopolitical tensions, COVID, then uh, war and all those things. So interest rate cycles have become uh, shorter. So why today the situation, whatever we have today, like two years ago, we had floating rate at 6.5%, fixed rate at whatever, 10, 11, 12%. This kind of situation we did not have 20 years ago. Rates were different, but not as different. And you never know, 20 years from now, we may again go back uh, to that kind of situation, depending on the interest rate scenario. So it uh, all depends. Right. Uh, one last question. We're running out of time, Joydeep. So I was just wondering, the RBI guidelines, they have also stipulated certain minimum standards in terms of the information that the bank should communicate to the customer every quarter. So uh, can you talk a little bit about what is it like, what, what can the customer expect to know going forward in terms of the bank's communication, what they're required to cover with regard to this loan, EMI and all that? Yes. So what the RBI says, this RBI circular 18th August says is that the quarterly communication, apart from whatever technicalities or jargon the bank may use, it should simply say that so much was your loan quantum, so much you have paid back uh, so far, so much is the interest rate charged on you. So what total EMI paid till date is so much, of which interest is so much, principal is uh, so much. Because for the layman uh, customer, you know, all these technicalities, jargon may not may make much of a sense. So that clarity of communication has been added. And then to make a different point, whatever we have discussed as to summarize this thing, all these choices that uh, changing from fixed to floating, floating to fixed, and all those things is nothing very new. But the point is just to reiterate, if a layman customer is not aware that I have this choice, I can change from fixed to floating, floating to fixed, and uh, all these things. So that was kind of being uh, missed out. That is what is happening today, that the bank has to communicate maybe through email or whatever mode of communication is there, that yes, you have this choice and you exercise whatever you think is better for you. Right. Now, just one quick question, which is not strictly related to the core topic. Since we are talking, I thought, you know, in the, for the benefit of listeners, I mean, one question which keeps coming up even when we are talking with friends and family members is, uh, between these two, a higher EMI and a longer tenure, in what circumstances should a borrower go for a higher EMI and when should they go for a longer tenure? I mean, generally one feels that you keep the EMI low, extend the tenure and then try to prepay. Isn't that the way to go? I mean, or is there a benefit to having a higher EMI and a shorter tenure as well? Like, how do you make up your mind on this? It is simple. Definitely the preference for higher EMI. The reason is, uh, you know, uh, that elongation of Tenure is more psychological, that I am buying myself more time. But the more you elongate the tenure, you end up paying much more. There is compounding, there is interest on interest. So as long as you can afford it, as long as you have money, definite preference is for paying a higher EMI. Or if you do not have that much of money today, so if your EMI is rupees 50k per month, if you can, can pay only so much per month, as and when you have money, say for example, you are working somewhere, you get a bonus, you prepay. So definite preference um, is for prepayment or higher EMIs because you end up paying less of interest on interest. So this compounding effect is huge. We don't really uh, consciously realize, but this is a big, big thing in any interest bearing thing, that compounding. So when you're earning, it is good for you. 
when you are paying it is uh, bad for you that is what people should uh, keep in mind right but when you go for a higher emi does doesn't it leave you with less amount of savings less amount of money in your pocket for investment savings and so on you are like more uh, isn't that uh, a downside if you keep your emi low then you can save up and maybe use the savings to prepare whatever yeah so the answer to that is so uh, usually or if you take let's say a personal loan where the rate is say 10% or uh, 12% home loans are at a lower rate usually your uh, investment returns is hardly as much as that of a personal loan if you go for a fixed kind of uh, this thing uh, fixed income kind of thing it will be lower equity yes equity does give higher but equity is subject to uh, fluctuations so in a when you are paying uh, whatever rate of interest you are paying be it 8% or be it 12% you are for sure paying that whereas when you are saving and investing of course you are earning but you are not sure how much you are earning and if you are sure for example if it's a bank account you know how much you are earning usually the bank fd rate is lower than the rate of interest on the in loan you have taken so that is the thing so saving investment is good but i would say prepayment payment is uh, better right that clears up uh, one very uh, critical question as well thank you so much jaydeep for uh, sharing your insightful observations on the new rbi guidelines i hopefully our listeners uh, will take away a lot of interesting value from this because uh, this is a very complicated uh, terrain not everybody is comfortable with finance and banking thank you so much once again pleasure talking to you sure my pleasure thank you sampath in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon